0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan on News Talk. This is the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddihy coming to you live from the Dumbrody Visitor Centre in New Ross. We are here for the Kennedy Summer School, and tomorrow at half past three, the Edward M. Kennedy Lecture is going uh, to be the guest speaker. At that lecture is going to be Mark Mellott, former Chief of Staff of Ireland's Defence Forces from 2015 until 2021, and he joins me now, Mark. And thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are going to be talking about a whole host of things, about Ireland's neutrality, about the implications of climate breakdown on global security, about strategic drivers and implications as well of the war in Ukraine. So we, we might actually start uh, uh, there. I mean, from, from your vantage point, how would you describe the state of play in Ukraine?
1: I suppose it's... Um... It's it's worrying in that the counteroffensive has not produced the results that I think many of us wished it would. So I think we're going to run into a, a winter whereby the lines will become static and we're back into a fighting season again in 2024 and this will probably run on into 2025. I think it's going to be a test of the resilience of the West to continue to support the Ukrainian uh, military and the Ukrainian government Um, But on the other hand, uh, the Russian Federation cannot afford to lose, Uh, Ukraine cannot afford to lose, and the West cannot afford to stop supporting Ukraine. I think there are other actors watching what's happening here, uh, China in particular. So I, I recall an ambassador saying once we need to be prepared to eat grass before the Russian Federation is allowed to prevail. The, 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 those
0: geopolitical uh, concerns and issues that are at play today, I mean, are they the exact same as were at play the day after the invasion began last year? Or how have they changed over the last uh, kind of 16, 17 months?
1: yeah I, I think um what we're seeing is uh, alignments in terms of uh, the the cohesion of europe the eu the cohesion of nato i think a strengthening of the transatlantic uh, relationship between the us the eu and nato that that has certainly um, been one of the outcomes from the um invasion back in february of last year so i i think what has changed is the the strength and resilience of the West to consolidate his position behind Ukraine, which may have been in doubt at the beginning. You might recall the famous remark from uh, the president of Ukraine, he wants bullets, not a ride, when it was suggested that he would be evacuated from Kiev. So the situation has certainly changed, I think, in in the context of the... um, Resilience of the West. But one of the worries, however, is, and you probably have heard it before, the Brussels half life. And and that that also uh, um, applies in other jurisdictions. Uh, The US has put in 80, maybe $90 billion into Ukraine. It's going to cost about $100 billion a year in total to keep this war going in 2024. So there will be a a test on that resilience. Will that uh, level of investment remain uh, intact? Or will, um, I suppose, key political leaders begin asking questions or start seeing perhaps it coming into the debate in the U.S. presidential elections where already there is a a sense and a discussion with regards to should the U.S. be supporting Ukraine Mm -hmm. the way it is? If it has fermented
0: kind of solidarity and unity in the West and and within NATO as well, I mean, might a consequence as well be that it it ultimately creates a counterweight? There hasn't been a natural counterweight since kind of the collapse of the the Warsaw Pact countries. Might kind of
1: the BRICS countries be that counterweight? That's a possibility. And and I mentioned China earlier on. I'm sure China's watching this carefully in in that. it's it's not entirely in China's interest to see a consolidated West, and its Belt and Roads Initiative has seen it spread its influence all over um, the Middle East, uh, all over Africa, and in many other jurisdictions. So, um, there is always the question of Taiwan, which is there um, in in the background. So. I think, you know, that that's an interesting uh, consideration in, in terms of the resilience of the West to see Ukraine through this, because uh, if it shows any uh, reluctance or hesitancy, it may well send a signal to China with regards to its ambitions with regards to Taiwan. I mean,
0: does, does that place Ukraine and the people of Ukraine in a really invidious position? That, you know what I mean? That. Uh, a consideration in the corridors of power in, in in Washington and London and elsewhere is that they they must be seen to be strong in China's eyes.
1: It is. It, it is just one part of the tapestry, I suppose, of um, the political considerations. Um, certainly, Zelensky doesn't want to see any. Um, a weakening in terms of the West support and uh, we're beginning to see, you know, that the, the West and in particular the decision of Denmark, uh, Netherlands and Norway to supply F-16s to uh, Ukraine, although the lead time in terms of training for that capability to be realised um, that's an interesting uh, commitment which is beginning to to say we need to make sure that they have the capabilities to succeed so, um you know, it, it's very difficult to call. This is, you know, Karen, this is a wicked problem. And a wicked problem is one that hasn't really any clear-cut solution. You know, you, you, you really need a crystal ball to forecast what things are going to look like in a few years' time. You know, you could perhaps see... Um, Uh, I suppose uh, a discussion coming at a point whereby there is some breakthrough in the counter offensive where perhaps the the lines would settle with um, the annexation of Crimea to the Russian Federation and something like that and then perhaps an international force to um, oversee the rest of occupied territories that's a a possibility but we're some distance off that yet given that neither side Mm -hmm. is willing to talk about peace One of the consequences for us here in Ireland,
0: and there have been uh, several in terms of uh, of energy security and of inward migration and refugees, but one of the consequences as well has been uh, that it has forced us to maybe examine with a little more maturity our own position in the world and our own neutrality. Do you welcome that?
1: I I do, actually, because um, I I think we have, um, to some degree, been living a lie in terms of our um, interpretation of neutrality. Back in 1999, and it's on the web, I was reading it earlier on, Gareth Fitzgerald wrote a very interesting article in The the Times, I think it was, where he he spoke about the myths of Irish neutrality. And the points he made were, we weren't neutral in the Second World War. We weren't neutral in the context of our uh, support for NATO when it was uh, established, and we we weren't neutral when it came to um, our, I suppose, support for the EC, the European Community, subsequently the European Union, and and what the uh, obligations would be when we actually um, saw those institutions in common security and defence policy evolve. Now, what, what we have managed, however, is to retain the competence with regards to how we use our military as a, as a sovereign competence. And that's fine. But at the same time, we, we are in a global um, economy. We we take sides in terms of um, events like Ukraine, where politically mm. we're not neutral at all. We're not military-aligned, and that's, that's correct. We are not aligned military. Uh, we will respond uh, up to now with the triple lock and the government have made decisions that way they're currently discussing that and I think one of the consequences of the Ukraine invasion has been the actual question of the power of the permanent five in terms of UN Security Council mm. decisions with Russia they are able to veto and others to veto critical decisions that in the past may have been important in terms of humanitarian assistance or mm. crisis response so that's now back on the agenda and it remains to be seen what the political outcome is for Ireland. Mark, listen,
0: a pleasure and thanks a million for joining us. Mark Mallet is going to be delivering the Edward M. Kennedy lecture at half three tomorrow in St. Michael's Theatre here at the Kennedy Summer School in New Ross. Uh, Mark is the former Chief of Staff of Ireland's Defence Forces from 2015 to 2021, Vice-Admiral Mark Mallet. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy
1: with Nissan.
0: Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.